0: To invest in real estate or manage properties, you need banking that's truly built for your business. Many traditional banks make it difficult to sync banking information across many of the personal finance platforms that we as real estate investors use every day. This is why I recommend Relay. Relay is an online banking and money management platform that's a perfect fit for any real estate business. First, there are no account fees, no overdraft fees, and no minimum balances, which means you get to keep more money in your pocket. Relay also goes above and beyond the banking basics to help you understand precisely what you're earning, spending, and saving. You get up to 20 checking accounts to organize and allocate income for things like day-to-day expenses, investments, or taxes. And if you have multiple investment properties set up as separate business entities, that's no problem. Relay lets you open unlimited accounts and access everything from one single login. Best of all, Relay makes your bookkeeping speedy and meticulous by giving you ultra-detailed transaction data and directly syncing it back to QuickBooks Online and Zero. The ability to have so many separate bank accounts and allocation options in my user dashboard has really transformed my personal banking experience. I will never go back. It takes 10 minutes to apply for a Relay account, and you can do it online at relayfi.com the short-term shop. So again, for more information and to open an account, go to relayfi.com slash the short-term shop. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Short-Term Show. I am so excited to interview some of my favorite podcast hosts today. And today we have Sarah and Annette from Thanks for Visiting. And I'm really excited to interview them because they have a different strategy. They have a different approach than what... I typically do and I really like to focus on or interview people who do things differently than me because I really want you guys to take away from this podcast that there's more than one way to skin this cat which is actually a terrible um, metaphor <laughs> but
1: <laughs> you you, you <laughs> but, caught yourself you caught yourself <laughs> yeah. but,
0: you know, it is a metaphor and I'm I'm just going to roll with it there's more than one way to skin this cat there's there's a lot of ways to do it so anyway I want to make sure we don't take up too much time with me um, you know, obsessing over what I already said and if that was a good metaphor or not. So let's go ahead and talk to the girls. Hey, guys, you want to introduce yourselves and tell us, you know, a little bit about yourselves. I'm sure most of our listeners probably listen to your podcast, too. But for those of you that may not, start at the beginning for us. Sure. Go ahead, Sarah. Yeah.
2: So my name is Sarah Karakayan. I am Annette Grant, and together we are. Thanks Thanks for for visiting. visiting. And Annette and I met about three years ago at a city council meeting. I had just moved here from New York City, where I started my short-term rental journey in 2010 in Queens, New York, and I wanted to um, really get a move on my portfolio <laughs> and new york was proving to be um having a lot of red tape that i slow moving yes on very slow everything <laughs> else in new york is fast except for when you're you an actor and yeah you're trying to buy property so i um, moved here with some proceeds from um a sale that was that i did really well on and i met this one because the city of columbus Um, was imposing some regulations in Columbus that were like, we're here for regulations. We're all about it. But there were some that were, you know, unjust. And so she sat next to me. I met her. And the rest of that is history, which I'm sure we'll get into. But I'll let Nettie tell her her side of the story.
1: Yeah. And I just want to let listeners know that Sarah actually sold her property in Queens as a short-term rental and not just um, you know, a single family home. She sold all of the furniture, she gave them all the prior numbers. So if you are just getting started, you are starting a business. So keep all of those records. You cannot, you can sell a business and your home at mm-hmm. the same time. The second thing I want to say is show up to city council. It is important. Um, your voice does matter. It was the first one that I had ever attended, and I will now show up whenever um these these meetings take place that impact our our income. But I I sat next down sat next to Sarah uh at that short term rental uh city council meeting because I had been Instagram um stalking her and I'd wanted to start a podcast because hosts it gets lonely out there being a host and I wanted to find a host hosting bestie that I could talk about laundry and guests and you know where she gets her coffee and how she does her pricing and what her next move was and because I have a very different I actually started my short-term rental career partnering with a real estate developer and actually, just uh, short term renting apartments. So they were small, they were not, they were, you know, sleeping two to four people. And I had a, um, I'd like to call it co hosting with him, and we did a profit share. So I want to let everybody know out there I did not know, own any real estate. I partnered with someone, uh, I hosted it, we did a profit share, and it launched me into this crazy wild world of short-term rentals. Sarah launched our podcast, it's three years strong, we have an online membership. We are here to up-level what it means to be a host and what happens after you acquire that property, the operations, this is a hospitality business, and that's what we focus on.
0: All right. So lots and lots of great stuff to talk about. So first let's talk about what is in you guys' portfolio, either together or separate.
2: Yeah. So Annette and I bought our first property together just last year and we bought it off of a client of ours who we were managing her property. And uh, she just casually mentioned like, hey, I think I'm going to sell it. And I was like, you know what? Before you take that to your agent, what do you think about selling it to me? Um, and we, and I'm a licensed real estate agent too. So I was like, no fees. Like, let's just, what matters to you and your family in this, she had a time of change. She was having a baby. Um, and so we came to an agreement and I went to Annette and I was like, Hey, I am tapped out (laughs) on cash. You want to do this with me? And so, um, not only do we have a business together, we own properties together too. So there's that. Um, my husband and I own a few multi-families, we used to, we actually just sold a uh, a travel trailer that we short term rented. So I've short term rented all the things, <laughs> and then we also manage thirty six doors for others. Um, and we are a more traditional property management, short term rental property management company,
1: and AKA we'll say we in our world we call it co hosting. So um, if, if you hear us refer to it as co hosting over property management, that's what yeah we'll go with that. That's what we say.
0: And where are these properties located?
2: Cool. Yeah. So they're all in downtown Columbus, Ohio. We've got one more vacation rental property that's about an hour south of Columbus, Ohio. There's an area here called Hocking Hills. It's gorgeous. There's like giant cliffs in the middle of of Ohio. Who knew? But um, so we've got one vacation rental there. But the rest of our um, units are metro rentals. So downtown Columbus, and we really serve families, business travelers, that sort of thing.
0: Okay. I have a question about that. So for people who do, who want to focus on like a metro market, what makes you choose the downtown area versus like some further out, maybe some suburbs that might be a little cheaper?
1: Sure. Uh, Really just us knowing our goals, uh, and where, where we're positioned in the city, uh, Sarah and I both live downtown. So it was important to us to be close to them. Uh, our team, uh, you know, since there are so many units, it helps, it makes it a lot easier for us to manage all the properties and have the team be able to get back and forth to places in a very small amount of time. And we do have, um, a lot of things within the, that we think, not we think, we know, we have the Ohio State University, we have a lot of sporting venues, we have a lot of um, Fortune 500 companies all downtown, so we have tried to make it to our advantage and the size of our properties that we're going to have the most bookings in the most condensed uh, area. So that, only, that's important for us.
2: And our exit strategies are going to yeah. be um, a little bit more clear for us. So if it if it doesn't work as a short-term rental, we can go to midterms. If it doesn't mm-hmm. work as a midterm rental, we understand the long-term numbers. If we can't do it long-term, we can sell that thing. You know what I mean? And so di- different neighborhoods and different markets within our market, Um, you know, we just wanted to simplify it for us because we also do, we have another component of our business, which is the education side. So really, yeah, it was our goals.
1: And we'll be honest. Uh, Ever with being downtown, there is a lot more transient, uh, just neighborhoods too. So Mm -hmm. we do have some friends. You know, they have they do very well out in the suburbs. But man, I've had people that are smack dab in a cul de sac, and the neighbors just are like, they don't want them there, and they just they will do anything in their power not to have them there. And so with being downtown, there's a lot. You could have a giant single family home next to a multifamily home, and it's more of just apart woven into the neighborhoods a little bit more so that was that's something that is alluring to Sarah and I also
0: yeah people who want to live in a suburb are trying to get away from the whole downtown thing so mm-hmm. i would imagine yeah short term rentals are going to be less well received in suburban areas than downtown yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, but we know people that like crush it out there and, yeah. and you know, they're in that neighborhood too or in that community. And so that makes it easy for Sarah and I too. Like we are we are woven into the community here so we can tell our guests, hey, we can be over in five minutes. We live right down the street, you know, and that can happen in those suburban areas. So uh, just just do your research, know your area and we know you can have success.
0: Totally, yeah. There's a lot of different ways to do this. And like I, I would never, like I would never buy something in a suburb, I just would not. And a short term, anyway. And there's always going to be somebody out there who's like crushing it, doing that thing that mm-hmm. I would never do. So you just yep. really have to like choose the path that works the best for you and what yes. your goals are. Absolutely. Yeah. So what's the size range on these things that you guys are managing? And you said there's 36, right?
2: Yep. There's 36, and they range from single family homes. And those single family homes are sometimes, uh, has some creative space planning. So uh, we've got a single family property. It's a parcel where there's a carriage house. So that's a unit, and then it's a giant Victorian. So that's a unit, and then we have a basement of that Victorian with eleven foot ceilings. That's a unit, and the big Victorian we sell as two products: either a three bedroom or a seven bedroom. So we really love to diversify our properties. Um, same with the the multifamily. Um, but most of our most of our units mm-hmm. are one bedroom, Mm -hmm. um, one bath, and I would say 850 square feet is probably an average size of the space. Um, and yeah, they're just, they're, they're, it's kind of like this, it's kind of like the, our operations are very like modeled after hotel operations because they're so small and we have a lot of multifamilies and they're under one roof and we can get to places quicker.
1: Yeah. I think that's the key for listeners. Uh, A lot of these properties, you know, one roof has 12 doors under it. Another one, two other ones have four underneath them. So Mm -hmm. it isn't 36 little, you know, dots around either. Uh, That's what makes it really nice. And then when we have those roofs also, like they have the the same refrigerator, the same dishwasher, you know, everything's kind of, like Sarah said, like hotelified in that sense. This makes it easier to manage.
0: Streamlined. Totally. Mm -hmm. Mm Like. Just one brand, you know. Yes, this is what I have to do if this breaks. I think that's really, really smart. So do you find that the at least in your market, the bigger ones, even though I assume I might be wrong, correct me if I'm wrong. I assume the bigger ones have a lower occupancy rate than the smaller ones, but do the bigger ones still make more money?
2: It's a great question, Avery. So you're right with the occupancy. So it's harder to book a property that can accommodate. Even when we make the, the giant home a three bedroom, so that's what six people because we like if it's a queen or king bed, we allow two people per room or not. We don't subscribe to the heads and beds um, theory. Uh, that's not how we like to make our money. Um, so so we, we do diversify these larger properties because what we found is like a seven bedroom property or a four bedroom property. we, we were having a hard time booking them during the week. So we put on locks on certain doors that have codes on them that only the guests who booked it as a larger property get access to those bedrooms, which made it more attractive for us to sell those properties from Monday to Thursday night, which helped with occupancy and it gets even closer to where our multifamilies are performing in terms of both revenue and um occupancy. Um but yeah if there's a house, we don't have a house that we haven't been able to be flexible with because we onboard, we're very picky. Like we are already thinking about the success of that home, keeping that owner happy. If we're the owners, how can we be happy with with that, with those returns? Um but yeah, to answer your question in a simple way, if it's a large home in a metro market and you can't diversify it, just expect it to have lower occupancy and your your nightly rate's going to be higher, but is that going to equate to what you need it to be to make your numbers make sense for you.
0: I love that pivot and that creativity of like, okay, well, this is seven bedrooms and it really only books on the weekends. How can we get it booked during the week? And most people would just say, just drop the price, but no, Mm -hmm. you guys have found another way to do that. And I love that. I I think that's really creative.
1: And the homes are beautiful. And people, so even if it's just a couple, they want to stay there. They are in um, um, on amazing streets here, and they are absolutely gorgeous. They're well designed, prime location, and so if a if someone's just coming in for business, a single person, they still want to stay there, and we want to give them that opportunity. And so we you know, you don't have to drop that rate as low as you think Um, if you can can mitigate how much work your team has to do. And the way that the homes are set up too, it's really nice. Sometimes these bedrooms are completely separate floors. So there's no reason for them to go to the third floor at all. So it doesn't feel antiquated like, oh, there's random doors that are locked on the floor that they're staying on. So that the design is, you know, makes sense also.
0: Yeah. So they don't feel like they're missing out on something. Yeah. Like right. You're it's you're like past. Yeah. It's <laughs> like,
1: I don't want to walk up to the third and floor I, anyways.
0: <laughs> I will say sometimes a guest will say, Oh, what what's behind that door?
2: Even though we let them know um prior to booking and upon booking. And sometimes we can upgrade them. Yeah. So like I was like, Well, there's a bedroom. I'll send them pictures. And they're like, you know what? Um, I don't know, Uncle Bob might stop by. Like, could we add this room? So it's almost like a nice little upgrade to their reservation that may not have ever popped up when they were looking because it was just out of their price range or they didn't think they needed three bedrooms, right? So it's just a really nice way to stay flexible.
0: So really good segue into my next question. And that is what management software are you using? Because you have to be using something pretty robust to be managing 36 and then you have this listing within the listing. So <laughs> what are you using? Tell us about that.
2: Yeah, we're using Hostfully. And that was after um <laughs> months of of demonstrations and blog post reading and all the things. and here's the deal. you know, every software that I tried out that I that I explored, they all had different things and I was like, I wish it did that. I I can tell your listeners I did the work. there is no perfect PMS because here's the deal like, every home we manage is a snowflake every owner i manage for is a snowflake like everything is very different when you're when you're managing
0: even property. when you try to streamline it
2: even when you try to streamline it so you know if anyone's listening, they're like, and they, cause actually just, just, just this morning, we were talking to some of our, our coaches and they're like, there's a lot of talk about PMS and what everyone's using. And it's, it's tough as for someone in my position to tell them like exactly which one to use because they all just offer and they have different strengths. Here's why I like Toastfully. I like Toastfully because they admitted that they did not want to be the best at, you know, um, at, Uh, dynamic pricing. They're not going to offer, you know, a great cleaning uh, operation um, component. Like, but what they do is they have an open API to all of our other favorite softwares. And it's a really seamless integration. And so I was like, okay, cool. So what Hostly is telling me is that their specialty is in the calendar and the payment processor. Cool. And then I get to leverage everyone else who focuses on their zone of genius for their software and just integrate it into Hostfully. And the price also was really great compared to some other softwares. Um, So that's why we chose Hostfully. I I, I need to piggyback off that
1: and say that we also use a property care. Um, We use Breezeway also. If you do not know what Breezeway is, please go to Breezeway.io. Um, check them out.
2: Because, Change our lives.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it, we that is used in conjunction with property management. It is property care. And that allows us to make sure that uh, the cleaners or the turnover team is doing what they need to do. Our maintenance team is doing what they need to do. We are doing what we need to do to care for the home. And that has been a game changer
2: also. And, and that I would encourage you to look no matter how many properties you have. Yeah, to look one that property, too. and this would still be a smart investment for you, mm-hmm. especially if you dream of scaling, get it before you think you might even need it. Um, and both softwares are priced to be um, friendly to a new investor uh, or new uh, co-host.
0: So Breezeway, what, what's their specialty? What exactly does that do? Say I'm new.
2: Yep. Sure. So if Thank you're you. new, if you could imagine, you know, it, it, it is where our cleaners come to live online. It is where our maintenance techs come to live online. It is where our property inspectors come to live. So the prop, like the reservation specialists, the booking specialists, they live in hostfully. Are anyone who is in the property doing care, cleaning, maintenance, or inspections live in Breezeway? Because Breezeway, like if let's say you're doing a property inspection. So after our cleaners leave, we always have another third party go in there and make sure everything is perfect. Make sure safety elements are in check, which Breezeway does that too. It reminds us to change the filters it reminds us to check the smoke detectors it reminds us to check the fire extinguisher right um and then if there's a maintenance issue i can do a maintenance ticket just like a fancy hotel would i can put a ticket in and boom it goes to my favorite handy person and they can see it they, they use the app free while you know it's a paid service for me but it's just a great have all in one place um it integrates with hostfully and just keeps us all on track and
1: Everyone hopefully listening, and if you don't know yet, cleaning, turning over a home for a guest is very different than cleaning a home, uh, you, know, a, on, you know, that you live in, and you need to have checklists things get left behind you know you don't check the you know you don't look at the forks and knives um in your own house when you're having it cleaned you know you don't look at the bottom of the shower curtain every single time so it is the checklist too for the team and they can take photos and it's great because we can have date and time stamping so if there's any damages it, it's just please run to breezeway right now today it's, it's a game changer there and it's all mobile uh you know so you can have your team can have it on the run cuz that's another thing too like can't have your laptop out going through checklist or it's, you know, Sarah and I, back in the day, we would we'd have manual checklists. People go, okay, did you check this? Did you look at where's the remote control? Did you look check the fire extinguisher? That's it takes care of all that.
2: And the cool thing about that too is like if when our you know the cleaner arrives on site, they're already panicked that they're going to get blamed for things, right? So <laughs> if they see damage upon arrival, they will take a photo, and it is in the metadata of that photo that that photo was taken at ten there. five a.m. Mm-hmm. on this day. And so we also have photos we can compare it to from prior to that guest check-in to say, this damage was caused during your stay. So I know a lot of listeners right now might be thinking, well, how can I get my cleaning team to use this? And honestly, we it's a, it's a sigh of relief for them when we bring it to them in that regard. Like this is to protect you mm-hmm. and, and your integrity. Um, also, these checklists are our contracts with each other. If you check off that, you know, you checked under the bed, that is our contractual agreement that you've done that so that I can release payment to you. Another cool thing that Breezeway does is they have a messaging component. And it tag and it ties into your calendar. It doesn't have to be your PMS. It could be if you're just leveraging an OTA like Airbnb. It'll tie into that. And if it detects you have an orphan night, a night that's not yet booked, a gap night, a gap night, it'll automatically message your guests on either side. Hey, do you want to come a day early? Hey, do you want to stay an extra day? And we'll help you make money. And help you think ahead so that you can maybe sell those nights that are just in the middle and offer them in at a great rate at a discount. So it's just like this like robust way to keep your properties looking awesome and make some more money.
0: Breezeway, guys. Check it out. I have <laughs> No, realized, no, sorry. It. Yeah. I haven't looked no, it. No, we are
2: super, we we are super passionate. We're
1: not gonna lie, we are affiliates for Breezeway. Let's put that out there. But it it is it's because it's changed
2: the game for us. Yeah. Like I don't even it's know. professionalized what we do. And I think yeah. listeners like we all love this industry, right? But unfortunately we get a bad rap because what makes the media headlines is the stuff that's not great. But mm-hmm. if we can just be really good community members and really take care of these homes and take care of the guests and make a short-term rental stay something that is continues to be an a, an option versus a hotel, I mean, that's just good for all of us, whether you're in vacation rentals or short metro short-term rentals. And so just care, giving a uh, Crap about what you do every day and <laughs> professionalizing what you do. If whether it's one home, 36, 100, I mean, that's where we can make an impact. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, it's because you care. So this just helps you keep it streamlined because as we all know, real estate is a crazy, fast moving industry. And then you put in people staying on a nightly rate on top of that. And you just need a way to just organize your thoughts and all the things that you have to do.
0: Absolutely. That is uh, the better the overall guests stay like across all hosts and all locations, like the better off all of us are, whether hosts, Absolutely. investors, etc. So that actually, that's my next question. I want to get into uh, your co-hosting. So for those people out there who really want to get into the short-term rental game and, you know, rental arbitrage might not be an option for them because that seems to be increasingly harder to do. I'm not really in that space, but that's kind of what it sounds like just from the outside looking in. And, you know, maybe they don't have the cash uh, in hand to go be able to become an owner right out of the gate. Co-hosting might be a good opportunity for somebody. So how do you, let's, let's start here. As a new co-host, how do you get clients?
2: Yeah. People ask us this question all the time and the answer is kind of simple. It's just, talk about your, your need and want to do it all the time. It's like, we were talking to our coach last night and how many times does it takes someone to like st- oh, let something sink in. Yeah. Repetition. It's like eight times yeah. in a certain period of time. To even so, like hear you, you know, that what you said, Yeah, <laughs> what your message is. I got my first co-host off of Instagram stories and I was just like, you know, be, just being myself and like just talking to myself on my phone for the, for either no one to hear or everyone to hear. And I just someone was like hey i actually have a long term rental that i've been i want to try this out i'm a stay at home mom i don't have time for this any ch- i love what you've done with yours you seem to care would you manage you know, would you mind managing mine i mean it can be as like um as as simple as that it can be where you go to meetups
1: yeah i was going to say real estate meetups are a great place i mean sarah and i at every single one we go to there are long term uh, investors that want to switch some of their portfolio over to short term. I will let you know that's exactly what I did when I started co hosting. The developer that I worked with, he had over a thousand units. And I'm like, you probably have one or two that aren't, you know, that aren't renting as quickly. He's like, you know what? I do. Cause they were, they were interesting places. They were, they're good for short term rentals. There was, they were quirky, you know, and and people moved in for a year and they moved out because they they knew there was quirkiness to them. But for an overnight stay, it was perfect because of the location. So I was taking, I took some of his uh, low hanging fruit on his long-term portfolio and turned them into short-term. And now he has a a much larger short-term portfolio. But I think what Sarah said, just get out, tell people what you want to do. If you're listening to this podcast, you know, be on TikTok or Instagram show, people listening to the show and then go to the meetups and then just start connecting. And if there's a Facebook group in your area of hosts, um, a lot of times people are out there asking, asking for help. You need a team when you're a host. So I was just yeah. gonna say
2: that you don't even have to do the heavy lift of starting a coasting company. I mean, just I mean, I just went through about a month or month or two of trying to find help for my co-host company, right? So Mm -hmm. even if you don't have any interest in starting your own business, you could help a co-host (laughs) co-host, a (laughs) co-co-host. So there's just so many opportunities, but you got to be the go-to expert. How do you do that? Brag that you're listening, you know, to the short-term shop, you know, let people know like what you learned, write a blog post, but you got to keep talking about it. And if you feel like you're talking ad nauseum, multiply that by two. Right, for sure.
0: And going to meetups, like, I'm I'm the queen of not wanting to leave the house. Like, I'm super introverted naturally. Like, this is difficult for me to put out a podcast. It takes a lot out of me. But I – have every excuse in the book for, Oh, I don't feel like going to this meetup. I don't feel like doing that. Every time I go to one, I come out of there thinking, man, I'm really glad we talked ourselves into leaving the house and doing this because I met this person or that person, or I learned this or that. So meetups really are important. And like people have kind of just started doing a lot of like Facebook posting, getting in Facebook groups. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but like, Now a lot of the big short-term rental Facebook groups are just like agents or property managers trolling for business, and there have been times that I've kind of thought that about somebody who you know is posting a lot in one of our groups, and I'm like, man, this person, what's what are they up to? And then I meet them in person at a meetup, and I'm like, oh, cool, yeah, these people are cool. So it's it really is important to like meet people face to face sometimes and let them feel your energy and see like, oh. Yeah, who you are online isn't necessarily like and who you really are.
1: <laughs> I, I am like, I'm, I'm a skilled networker. And I think I want everybody to know, you don't have to meet everybody at the meetup. I go in intentionally saying I can meet one person. I need to just meet one person. Like I went to that city council. There were probably 800 people there. I was like, I'm going to meet Sarah. I saw her online. I'm like, she's the person I'm going to sit down and talk to and look where it ha- I didn't. I didn't care about anybody else. So I also want to offer that, like, you don't have to go in and say hi to everybody. You can still be introverted and just say, hey, I'm going to chat with one person, you know, and because it, it only takes one person to truly change the whole trajectory.
0: Totally agree with that. Really, really great advice. So let's talk about really quick. And I know you already you sold it, but I want to hear about that travel trailer. Were you (laughs) you renting it out on outdoorsy or was it actually Mm -hmm. okay? You are using outdoorsy. So outdoorsy
2: and RV share. Yeah.
0: Okay. So tell us about the difference between having like an RV or a camper on your property and renting it as a short-term rental unit or putting it on outdoorsy or RV share.
2: Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know, so it's a number one, it's a travel trailer. So I also learned the lingo. It doesn't have an engine in it. You can't hop in it and drive it away. You got to hook it up to a truck. Um, And the difference is with RV Share Outdoorsy usually is it goes off your property, right? Whether you take it to a nearby campground or a family comes and picks it up and they take it to, I'm in Ohio, they take it to Florida. Um, It's going off your property. So the difference is, right, is like it's not attached to any sort of, sort of like quote unquote foundation. It's not always set up for success. And every time it comes back, there's a variable, right? It's unlike any other variable that we experience with people coming to your property, checking in. It's already attached to water and sewer or whatever you've got set up. Um, what I will say is the ROI on those things is me. For example, I bought this thing for what? Like I bought it brand new, which don't do that. Okay. (laughs) Don't buy them brand new. Um, That was a rookie mistake. Did that. And, but I bought it for like $37,000 and you know, from what is it like April to middle of November in Ohio, we rented that sucker out for a thousand dollars a week. So you do the math on that. Like we would, um, and I would say, you know, three weeks a month. I mean, that's, Pretty good for a $37,000 investment. But it just, for us, it really tripped up our our flow, right? Like it's very different plumbing <laughs> than a house. Like it's very different. Um, like there's styrofoam behind the walls. And, and my husband and I are like, we're pretty darn handy. We flip a lot of houses. And I, it was always just this thing that stopped us in our track. So I will say that great ROI. Um, it's a great way to get started. And if that's what you focus on, if that's your niche, do that because you'll create your own systems and processes. But if you want to do both like houses and that, just know that it's, it's a different flow. That's the best way to describe it. But I love that if the, if you have one
1: or someone in your family has one sitting in there, you know, on their driveway or in storage, it's such a great way to get, to get started. And again, you don't have to open up your whole entire calendar. No. Say, let's do this for, you know, 60 days, 90 days, like get,
0: yeah, pass on that freedom. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You could do that too. For sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh and I have never rented ours, but I will say, I'll go out on a limb and say, make sure you get a travel trailer and not a motorhome. Because mm. my personal experience with our motorhome is there are so many more things on there that can break than you ever thought possible. And it will happen. It happened. I mean, every time we take ours out. Four or five things break. And it's fine because that's, you know, part of the thing if you're gonna be the vacationer, but I just can't imagine somebody renting that from us and then having one of these things no. break. And then they want us to tell them how to we don't know how to do
2: it. No, um, yeah, that's exactly what happens. Even with the travel trailers, they're like the the jack's not coming down. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like when you rent from like a company, like they've got you know, people all over the country that'll come out and help you. But when it's you, you really not have a need to have a solid understanding of every aspect of that thing. So you can help them over the phone because otherwise they're going to have a bad experience. They're in Florida, you're in Ohio. So yeah. Yeah. But it's a great, it's a great (laughs) (laughs) moneymaker.
0: And ours, it always breaks at the worst time too. Like ours broke at a campground that we were in an air, like a totally fine area that had, you know, restaurants and stuff. But for some reason, the actual campground we were at had no cell service and the internet that they did have wasn't enough to, oc- it, it was like a big, huge KOA with like hundreds of sites. It wasn't good enough for everybody to be able to be using it. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't really have internet either. So we couldn't even be on the phone with a tech at the, at like <laughs> actually looking at it. We had to drive four miles down the road and call them and be like, let me go check and then go back.
1: Oh no. <laughs> oh yeah. That's, mm-mm. yeah, that's, that's real. Yeah, that's real. But
0: that is real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's real life with a motorhome. So travel trailer, less things to break, but there's still things. So that's stuff def- is definitely a different business. But I, that's exactly why I wanted to ask you that question. Because I think a lot of people when they get into short term rentals, they see all of these different opportunities and all these different directions to go. And they're like, okay, I'm gonna buy vacation rentals, I'm gonna do metro market, I'm gonna do midterms, I'm, let me get a travel trailer. And it's good for people to see like, it's, yes, you can do whatever you want. But it's good to kind of focus in on one thing so that you don't get tripped up.
2: Yeah, and and I'll elaborate on that. I mean, even so, we're in the metro market. We do metro stays, um, metro or midterm stays ended up being like a, a really big thing to explore. And I dabbled into it, and I was like, you know what? If Annette and I've learned anything in the past three years of our business together, um, it's the riches are in the niches. If you can find focus, what you focus on will expand. It will explode. So I'm, I'm also here, I get it, like throwing spaghetti in the wall and see what sticks, see where, see where your passion lies. So sometimes even if you educate yourself by listening to podcasts and all that kind of stuff, you still want to just try it for yourself. And I don't want to take that away from you, but being able to pivot fast when you find your, what really excites you, if you can go deep on something, um, narrow, there's just a lot of money to be made when you become the expert at that one thing.
0: Really, really great advice. Love that. So the last thing that I want to touch on before we get to the last three questions of the show is your short-term rental in Queens. Let's talk about that because that's definitely something. I mean, I selfishly having lived in New York uh for years, I would love to have something in New York. Not as this would be, you know, specifically a vanity thing. Like I would like to be able to take my kids up to New York and go to a Mets game and you know, go do all that stuff that we did, but I would also, it pains me to have something that I can't rent out and make money when I'm not there. Mm-hmm. So how do you how did you navigate the rules in New York? Because there are some of the toughest in the country. So what did that look like?
2: I'm not going to lie. It was a different time. So I was there from, I mean, I was there from 2005 to 2018. We started short-term renting in 2010 and we sold it in 2017, right? So, um, and since then... It's been regulations have just like everywhere else in the country, regulations have caught up to to the the popularity of short term renting. But I always say I think actors invented short term rentals in New York because I was there as an actor, as a stage actor, and when you got a gig to go on tour or if you're going to do it at a theater, you know, elsewhere, you would find a sublet. Right. You would just go on Gypsy Housing on Facebook groups and you would find, hey, guys, I'm gone from, you know, I'm doing summer stock. I'm gone from June to September. Who wants to take over my, you know, just pay my rent? Not, there's no like there wasn't arbitrage or anything like that. It was really just like you send me money. You can sleep in my bed. Um, And so that when Airbnb became a thing in 20, 2010, I was like, ooh, this is this is even better. That being said, you'd have to like – the listeners would have to like figure out the um,
1: – Plus it was your primary residence it was too, my which primary changes residence. a lot of
2: things in a lot of cities. And and, so it and, was an
1: ADU in the primary residence. So well, it wasn't even an ADU. But. It was
2: <laughs> – the reason why I bought it was because um, – it had a basement door, so you walk up to get to the front door, and that takes you to like the normal home, right? It had a basement door, separate entrance, and I thought, oh my, my actor friends can just come and go as they please, and like it's just a nice private thing. And it was the basement, and so we added. It, it was it had like a. A sink and a toilet. So we added a shower. We dug down the floor so it could have like eight foot ceilings. And then we locked it off from the rest of the home, the kitchen, all that. We just put a little mini fridge, a coffee maker, and that sort of thing in it. So again, I talk about that flexibility of the property. I get excited when I can see more than one way to use a property. Um, and so I kind of made it a duplex. It wasn't really a duplex, but I kind of made it that way. Um, so if you wanted to have a property like that, and every building in New York is different too. So I know there's like citywide mm-hmm. city situations, but yeah. And there might be some, there might be some flexibility with the midterm stay. So if you could find, if you could put your short-term rental, I'm using air quotes on like a gypsy housing website on Facebook and, and, um, target actors who really are there just to do a short-term, maybe they're doing a Broadway contract. Maybe they're doing a, an off-Broadway contract. Maybe they're just, you know what I mean? Like they're just there for three or four months. That's actually a good idea for you personally. That way you could have,
1: use it maybe in the summertime when you're scheduled with your Kids is a little yeah, more flexible. And, and then book short- it
2: six other months. People think I nurses know. is the way to go. If you're in New York or LA, it's like actors. There's no shortage of actors coming in and out. And so that might be the key, Avery, to Yeah. You know, musicians
0: too. That was yeah, actually- oh, sure. Yeah, that yeah. was actually my first exposure to it, also. So I was a musician. I was always touring, and I didn't ever actually do that because I was too scared at the time. But uh like my roommate's boyfriend would go on tour and just rent his room to whoever. And I was like, man, that's kind of crazy. But then he got into the, again, it wasn't called arbitrage at the time. It was around 2011. And he started renting all these apartments and just putting them on Airbnb. And I was like, what? Wait a minute. You're not (laughs) having to bartend like the rest of us? (laughs) Uh, That was my first exposure to it too. It was also in New York. So that's a good idea. Maybe I'm going to do that. I'm going to go call an agent right now. There you go. I've been in New York. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about all the- Yeah. Hey, too. we'll
1: rent a month or two from you. No, so Adri- we
2: already, so you've already got someone that will dreams. midterm rent from you. Yeah. <laughs> I have dreams of Long Island City overlooking Manhattan. So. Oh yeah. Or we can just buy it together. Let's
0: yeah. do that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We could probably get a little more, get a little further with that. <laughs> that. Let's do that. All right, guys. Well, you have been fantastic guests. Thank you so much for coming on. And as we're down to the final three questions of the show, you can answer these jointly or independently, however you guys want to do it. The first question is, what advice would you give twenty-year-old Sarah Nanette?
2: Sarah would say it's not just for fancy people. I mean, because I think the answer is like, you know, start now. But that's for me. It was like I didn't think I deserved it, right? Like I'm an actor. I'm out of college. I just I just got to survive. And if I knew how accessible it was, um, and that it's not just for fancy people, um, and change my mindset that I am fancy just by being a human being, uh, I wish I could have said that to her. Anything for you in it? I'm just gonna piggyback off that okay. one. We'll go to the next one. That's a good one. one. That yeah. is a good
0: one because I remember thinking, why would I buy a house if it's not gonna be like as nice as my parents? Sure. So, and that was just so dumb. But that's I remember yeah. that you don't buy houses unless you're like gonna live there forever. Right. Right. Uh, all right. And kind of along those same lines, uh, what advice would you give a new investor who's looking to get started today in the middle of 2022?
1: Almost. Ooh, I want to take this one actually. Take it. I, to like silence the noise of everyone around you mm. because you do, you listen to these podcasts, you listen to, you read books and everybody wants to know how many doors you have and like know your goals and silence, silence all the other noise. Like just take your next step. Like, what's your next base hit? If everything doesn't have to be a grand slam. Like, what is the base hit that you can do? And and don't worry about how where everybody else is and how how they seem like further ahead. Like, start where you are and, and silence that for sure.
2: And let's say you know your goals and where you want to be in you know a year, two years, three years. I we were, I was just lamenting about this other day. It's like I remember working with someone who was, you know, 10 years where ahead of where I wanted to be and working with that person for a few years, oh my gosh. So if you can swallow your ego, help someone else build their, you know, empire and the things you'll learn from being behind the scenes of whatever it is you want to do is better than any college education, too. So, and maybe that's how you throw spaghetti in the wall, you know, watch them throw spaghetti and learn from what they're doing and what their problems are. And so we just see a lot of people like tapping out of like, we're helping other people way too soon. It's like, stick it out and learn something and really dig in for a little bit longer than just, you know, a few months.
0: Also great advice. And last question of the show, what is your favorite book that has impacted your mindset?
1: Go, um, compound Effect, Darren Hardy. Super simple.
2: I read it every single year. Oh wow! Yeah, mine is very cliche, but it was rich dad poor dad. I'll never forget being on that Q train reading that <laughs> book when I was twenty five and being like, "What? Yeah. The heck? <laughs> Whoa. You know what I mean? So sorry, but that's it. Still is the book that I will never forget reading it on the train and changed my life.
0: Hey, I think it's that was an important one for all of us. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, for anyone who's listening, who wants to follow along with your journey, where can they find you? Where can they follow you? All that fun stuff.
1: Oh, so many places. So our podcast, anywhere you listen to the short term shop, you will also find or short term show. You'll find us, but go to shorttermshop.com too. <laughs> um, we are anywhere you get your podcast. We are on Instagram at thanksforvisiting underscore. And you can go to our website, it's thanksforvisiting.me and we offer a free workshop. Um, it's upcoming soon. Uh thanks for visiting forward slash workshop. You want to check that out.
0: All right. Thanks so much, guys. And we will catch you later.